Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 779, air date September 21st, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Good evening. It's uh, 9.43 on a, a Sunday. We are, we're also live here on Instagram. We'll wait for people to join in. By the way, the, um, I'm, there's someone making noise on our on our group here. So wherever you are, please mute yourself. Okay. Whoever's doing that, I think it's you, uh, Justin. I'm going to mute you. There we go. That stopped you. Okay. So anyway, uh, today we have a very special uh, concept we're doing. We have a lot of people who are, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, joining us who have an insight into what our volunteers and our uh, people across Massachusetts, for that matter, people across the United States think about all the stuff that we've been doing actively for the campaign, our movement for truth, freedom, and health. So we're gonna invite those people today. I'll just give you a quick preview to some of those people. Uh, let me bring them in, in here. Where are they here? There they are. So we have Karina from Newton, Massachusetts. We have Pam uh, from New York. We have Dr. Venu out of Texas. We have Margo out of Massachusetts. Crystal, where are you from? Which, California is it? Nebraska. Nebraska. Justin from Nevada. So you can see we have people from Massachusetts, uh, two people from Massachusetts. Margo, which town are you in? I'm from Wayland. Wayland, okay, so we have Wayland. We have, um, so we have people from across the country. In fact, Dr. Venu, who is in Texas, actually came up here to support the campaign. So uh, we're gonna have a discussion where uh, many of the people involved in our campaign, either within Massachusetts or outside, always are connecting with you and they're going to ask me questions and in fact they're going to be watching the feed so we have matt fury from milbury matt great to join by the way uh many of you know i'm running for united states senate we have a very uh, powerful write-in campaign taking place as many of you know and uh those of you in massachusetts you can email me directly um or matt uh karina or others will connect with you or you can email me at vashiva at vashiva.com because we need people to support the campaign. So anything you can, all of you who want to support the campaign, plus email us so we'll onboard you as volunteers. We have people from Las Vegas, New Mexico. Um, let's see, where else we got? We got Michigan. Uh, people don't like Fauci, which is good. Charlotte Williams from Sutton, Massachusetts. Great to have you. Um, that's Marie DeCosta. Marie uh, um, and, and uh, people in Sutton, please join the campaign. We're building up. Uh, the campaign, we're escalating the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Uh, we're not going to sort of, you know, say, oh, they cheated us from the election fraud. We're escalating this movement. Uh, and particularly, we're going to put the focus on the fact that those in power really hate when people come bottoms up, and they're all cheaters. And we're going to talk about that. But um, let me see I'm people from Instagram. Okay, we have people from Instagram. Instagram and Facebook are really throttling us. <laughs> it's amazing the level of nonsense that's going in place. Um, we have Colorado, we have Raleigh, North Carolina, Cambridge, Massachusetts, nice to have you. This is uh, Sharon Williamson. Hello, Dr. Shiva, good to see you. Sharon in Cambridge, great to have you, Sharon. Uh, Sharon, we have New Brunswick. Uh, who else do we have? Peru, we have El Paso, Texas, we have New Jersey, uh, Ontario, Canada. South America, etc. 
All right. So let me go back and let, uh, you know, before I start, I always like to share with people that where the campaign's at, as many of you know, you know, our campaign for U.S. Senate has been taking off. Uh, let me just bring in, before I bring people in, let me just share with you uh, our campaign website so everyone knows what we're up to. Um, those of you who do not know, um, you can go right to our campaign website, shivaforsenate.com. And on that website, you can find all the information you need to know about our campaign. But one of the most important things people need to understand, we are right now uh, started our write-in campaign, which means people can write us in on the ballot because both parties colluded against us. They think we're going to walk away, but we're running a powerful write-in campaign across Massachusetts. And those of you who are in Massachusetts or know people in Massachusetts, have them go to the website and they can just click on this link at the bottom, which says, I write in Dr. Shiva. And you can give your mobile number and your zip and we'll keep in communication with you. We promise we're not going to send you more than three or four texts over the next few weeks. But to let you so you know and we know that you are with us and we can keep in touch. So that's one thing everyone can do. The other thing people can do is obviously, you know, we're building up our campaign. Uh, we built up massive momentum, massive exposure because of all of you. And that was because a lot of you clicked on that button for donate and you supported the campaign. Um, when you support this campaign uh, for truth, freedom, and health for Shiva for Senate, I don't. I want to reciprocate, and everyone who donates twenty-five or more will get access to this book called System and Revolution, where we teach you what is a system, the dynamics of all systems, and then I also give you access to a very powerful tool. So, if the book teaches you the theory of systems, um, your body, your system will teach you how you can apply those principles to your own body. We could have applied it to a computer, but we thought your body would be valuable. And, and you can literally go to your body, your system. Those of you who are outside of the United States and want to have access to the same tool, you have to go to your body, your system, and you can get it there. But on this tool, you can interrogate yourself, answer a set of questions, and it'll figure out what kind of system you are, as denoted by this red dot. Let me just put it over here for people on Instagram world. There you can see it. Um, as you can see the red dot here, and then the black dot denotes after another series of questions, how your body has moved away from where it likes to be, maybe because of stresses, you haven't been eating well, not getting enough sleep. And then you can figure out how to bring your body back to you. So that's your body, your system, a really cool tool. Um, but I encourage everyone to take advantage of that because it's a way for you to really understand very powerful concepts of systems, which you can also apply to yourself, okay? So let me, uh, having said that, we got a number of viewers joining us in, and it's really weird. I mean, we still have, what, thousands of viewers on Instagram. Now it says, like, there's 10, 10 people on here. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, okay? Um, but anyway, let's um, bring people in here. So what we're going to do today is, as I mentioned, we have Karina Demersian, um, a.k.a. the Triple Agent, um, she's out of Newton, but Karina has been a uh, great volunteer. Karina uh, runs her own business, a real estate agent. We have Dr. Vainu in Texas, who's a gastroenterologist, who makes phone calls for us while he's you know, doing an endoscopy on patients in between, right? We have Crystal in Nebraska. We have Justin in Nevada, and we have Margo. And where is, did, uh, did, we, move, did we lose Pam? I guess Pam. We lost and should be coming back. So anyway, do you guys want to say hello to everyone? 
Let me, uh, everyone unmuted. Let me unmute everyone. You can unmute yourself. So what we're gonna do is, um, they're gonna look at your feed and um, Karina and Justin and Margo and uh, Dr. Venu and Crystal are very active in our campaign. Oh, we have Elisa Cosino from Greenfield. Great to have you. Um, uh, Florida, Texas. But again, Elisa, great to have you on board. Again, everyone should know we're writing, running a writing campaign. But part of what we want to do here is we want to give people some more, some more people from Texas. I tell you, Clarissa. Uh, we, we're going to go around and people are going to share uh, they're going to ask me anything questions that they've seen from people or questions they have so the idea of this came um to do this came a few moments ago from none other than karina uh, karina is our idea generator so we also have joining us from new york so go ahead karina what's the question you got great so i think we should cover some basics for example i've gotten some questions recently uh, from um People who are not sure if they need to pick a ballot at the general election, they said, you know, do can Democrats vote for you, or can Green Party vote for you? I think maybe you can cover a little bit of a basic, what does the general election look like, and who can vote for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, what's interesting is um, uh, the establishment makes it very, very difficult for citizens a to understand the election process. And it, this is engineered to on purpose uh, in our view, okay? And so there are, in most elections, like for a federal election for US Senate, there's really three steps a candidate needs to go through. First, it, let's assume all of us on this call here, let's say everyone is running for Senate. You know, we have one, seven people. Let's say we're all running for Senate. First, you gotta get on the ballot. And let's say myself, Karina and Crystal are running as Democrats. And let's say Dr. Venu is running as an independent, you know, on his own. And let's say Justin, Margo, and um, Pam are running as Republicans. The Republicans typically, they're probably part of the Republican Party. The independent does his own thing. And the three, me, Crystal, and Karina, it, uh, as Democrats, right? Uh, we have the Democratic Party. The parties uh, have primary elections. So Vane, who's running as an independent, he's not in any primary. But the three of us, myself, Crystal, and Karina, will have to do a primary election. And Justin, Margo, and Pam will have to do a primary on the Republican side. Now, both parties, uh, in order to even participate in the primary, the first step is they put certain hurdles. One of them is to get on the ballot for the primaries. And for example, in Massachusetts, you have to get 10,000 signatures. So Karina's gotta go collect 10,000 signatures. Crystal's gotta collect 10,000, and I do. And, and same on the Republican side. Vainu, in, in his case, also has to collect signatures to, in fact, just be on the ballot, okay? So the first step is you gotta get the signatures. So that's what we had to do. And we literally went out there and collected signatures by hand. The other cheaters, the cheaters, they went and paid people, okay? They went and paid people to, to even get on the ballot. We didn't do that, we actually went and collected signatures. So the step one is you got to get on the ballot. So now let's say step two is myself, Crystal, and Karina are on the ballot for the Democrat side. Justin, and we just, uh, I think there's Pam, she's going, Pam's back. So let's say Justin, Margo, and Pam also got on the ballot. On the Republican side, we have a primary. Venu is an independent, doesn't need to have a primary. 
but he must have gotten on the ballot, okay? So a primary takes place. In the primary election, uh, people come on primary day, which was held in this case on September, uh, September 1. The Republicans have their primary, and the Democrats have their primary. The primary voters come and they vote. Now in a primary, in a place like Massachusetts, Republican, when you go into the ballot uh, or the precinct, if you're a Republican, they give you the Republican ballot. If you are a Democrat, they give you the Democrat ballot. However, if you are an unenrolled, which means you didn't choose a party, you can ask which ballot you want. You can say, I want the Democrat primary ballot or the Republican. In Massachusetts, what would happen, and we heard about, about this a lot, right, Karina? People were coming into the precincts and they were immediately giving an unenrolled person the Democrat ballot. And right when they touched the ballot, they, the person said, wait a minute, I want to vote Republican. They said, aha, you touched the ballot, right? We had examples of this. You can't get the Republican ballot. But that's a kind of, so for new time voters, if they don't know what to do, uh, what'll happen is for them, they may actually want to vote Republican and they were given the Democrat ballot, particularly if you're unenrolled, no party. So the step two is people have to get on the ballot and then they participate in the primaries and coming out of the primaries, you typically have one person on the Democrat side, one person on the Republican side. And if there's an independent like Benu, it was a Republican, Democrat and independent. And they're all supposed to be treated fairly. So for example, in 2018, Karina, if you remember, I ran as an independent, they didn't allow me on the debate stage illegally. We had to file a lawsuit. Why do they do this? Because the parties basically want Tweedledee and Tweedledum, doofus one and doofus two to run. And that's what happened in this primary election. We had, a, I mean, by all the measures, we were on the road to a landslide. And what they did was they didn't want me to win the primary. They wanted a doofus, complete doofus, to face Markey on the Democrat side. And that's what happened. But the bottom line, that, so um, everyone knows a card that we have coming out, if you haven't seen it, it says, write in Dr. Shiva, stop election fraud. And what they did was election fraud, which I've talked about in my previous three videos. But the bottom line for people is in the general elections, which are now coming up, which we're running as a write-in candidate, anyone can write in us, anyone. Anyone can write in for Dr. Shiva. You can be a Democrat, you can be an independent, you can be whatever party, you can write us in. And to write us in, as you're noticing right here, on the ballot, you choose, when you go to the Senate section, you have to circle, put that, you have to fill in that circle, and then you have to then write in Dr. Shiva. That's it. So to answer your question, in the general elections, anyone can vote for any candidate, Karina. In the primaries, if you're a Republican, only the Republican and the unenrolled, in the Democrat, the Democrat and the unenrolled can vote in, the, in that. Does that answer your question? It does. Okay. Okay. Uh, how about uh, uh, Justin? What's the question you got? You got it. Hold on. Let me unmute you. One second. Let me unmute you. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Go can ahead. you hear me? Yep. Can you Why show you uh, your, your camera is pointed? Yeah. There you go. Much better. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Why, why do you think Trump is suggesting or pushing masks and vaccines? Oh, well, uh, you know, Trump one day pushes masks and another day he does it. Okay. Um, but yeah. 
It's a great question. Um, if uh, I'm gonna, there's some noise being coming. I think I'm gonna mute you in the back. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. So the question that came from Justin is, why is Trump pushing masks and vaccines? And the initial answer I had is, it appears Trump sometimes is pushing masks and other times he isn't. On the issue of vaccines, it's been a little more nebulous. And I think this is a good question to discuss. Um, I don't think that uh, President Trump really is aware from a science standpoint on the implications of vaccines uh, relative to what I've been speaking about, Justin, which is one size doesn't fit all. If many of you know, on March 23rd, I sent uh, the president a letter saying that we should not take a one size fits all approach to uh, the lockdowns or for that matter to medicine. I gave a, a, a little paragraph describing it. It got delivered to the White House and I actually got a call from the deputy director. And what I found was the deputy director uh, in the White House and, and he asked, you know, what's this, you know, why are you attacking Fauci? What's this letter about? And I gave an entire, uh, I had a conversation, but I really did a download saying, look, Fauci is all about vaccines. He's the one who colluded with a guy called Robert Gallo, who was going to be uh, basically reprimanded for poor science. He's the one who did the HIV uh, false connection to creating uh, what, what we call AIDS, which is you don't have to have HIV to have AIDS. In fact, AIDS is independent of HIV. So anyway, uh, Fauci's a guy who saved them, but his entire uh, push is for vaccines, vaccines, vaccines because Fauci's been in there 40 years, he's got all of his friends in academia, et cetera. So when you look at someone like Trump, who, who is giving him advice, Justin? It's a Fauci, right? And he's surrounded by people in the pharma guys who are giving him advice that vaccines are the only way. Politically, I think what's going on is uh, there's this big pressure, if you notice, that's taking place, that if you don't support vaccines, right, uh, that means you're against health, public health. So during the debates, if you remember, he was the only candidate when the issue came up. He says, I think we give too many vaccines. You remember that? Him and Ben Carson said that. Let me unmute you. So him and Ben Carson were the guys who said that. And he was saying, you know, I think vaccines, they're going to autism. Ben Carson, I don't believe, agreed with that. But Trump on the stage, which was quite interesting, uh, was the only one to say, I think we give too many of them, okay? Now, so to me, that, uh, what he said there was basically saying, admitting, hey, we have to be concerned about something, someone's making noise, someone could stop that. It might be mine, it just started. Yeah, so, um, so I'm just gonna mute you there, that's okay. Not someone else, someone else doing it. Crystal, is that you? Stop it. <laughs> so whoever is doing it. Um, so Manu could be. So the, so the bottom line in that was that Trump took that position. Now, since the COVID crisis, um, one part that you see the media doing is how he's handling the crisis. Right? It's like almost that becomes a mandate. Someone is making a lot of noise. It's really irritating. Who's doing that? Okay, I think it was you, Pam. So, um, so the issue is Trump took that position that he was questioning the amount of vaccines. COVID crisis comes, and the entire push right now 
is when is the vaccine going to come out? When is the vaccine going to come out? You see the Democrats pushing the vaccines and essentially the masses of people across the country or lots of people, what I call the vulnerable educated elites, have been pushing the fact that the vaccine is the way to immunize people, that you can't do what's called herd immunity. But yes, I think a couple of days ago on the CNN town hall, he says, you know, it'll just go away. And if you saw what Stephanopoulos said, he goes, what do you mean it'll go away? He goes, yeah, it'll eventually go away. You know, I think Trump misused the word. He said herd mentality. I think you meant to say herd immunity if you saw that. Okay. So my opinion is Trump is trying, he's, he's trying to play the game of, okay, I'm for vaccines because if I say I'm against it, people are going to say I'm for coronavirus spreading. Okay. Now, I know he's had enough conversations with members of his family and others, and this is some insights that I have, that there are some fundamental issues with the number of vaccines you're giving. So I think he's basically caught between a rock and a hard place. This is my view, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, he did come out, I think Sean Hannity and others said that he's against forced vaccinations, all right? So I can't answer your the question directly because I can't read his mind, but on the apparent side, he has come out and saying, oh, the vaccine's coming out, the vaccine's coming out. So if you just take it at face value, that means he's pro the COVID vaccine coming out and it being distributed. But there is, you know, sort of a nebulousness about what he said. So that's the best way I can say, Justin. And on the masks, you know, he did that big thing at the in the Rose Garden, right? Where no one wore masks. And uh and then he did that mass thing. So I think um, Trump is essentially signaling his followers, look, I don't really believe in masks and I don't believe in forced vaccinations, but in order to win a certain strata of the votes, I'm going to say this. That's my opinion. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question, Justin. Yeah, it does. And that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Yeah. I, I think the danger here. Yeah, and this is where I think people have to start using their own intuition, right? Because we, you know, people say, well, one group of people say, well, Trump's playing 4D chess. Of course, he's not for that, right? And then other group of people say, wait a minute, why doesn't he come out and be just blunt about it? Maybe he too is tricking us. Maybe he's also you know, part of Big Pharma, okay? And um, that is a legitimate question, okay? That's a very legitimate question to ask, okay? If, if you don't mind, it's almost as if, you know, it's actually a real big issue and it's almost criminal. And knowing all this, it's almost like you have to really be against it. You, I mean, he's playing the game, I agree, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it's just destroying you know, health, immunity, humanity, etc. Yeah, right. Ruth Larkin writes in Trump is playing chess. So I got an email from a very nice woman. Um, she said, hey, Shiva, I don't think Trump's playing uh, uh, 4D chess. I think he is actually with Big Pharma. Okay? Because, um, you know, on the one hand, he came out against Big Pharma, said he was lowering prices. They knew you and I have talked about this with the PBMs. He took one step against these middlemen. Um, so that would allude to the fact, well, maybe he's playing some chess game, okay? 
But I, th you know, the question is, if he were to, if he is against forced vaccination, if he does get the concept, everyone should not be given all the vaccines. I think if he came out and made a statement, look, you know, uh, I don't believe one size fits all, everyone's body is unique, which is a position that I delivered to him. I don't think anyone could take that negatively. So, you know, he's he's got the data that I sent in front of him. So we'll see. Next question. Uh, let's go to Margo. Go ahead, Margo. Uh, yes, um, as a potential senator yourself, how do you think the Senate should proceed with filling in the recent vacancy on the Supreme Court? Wow, that's a great question. So the question is, how should the Senate move? Well, um, if you if you take it constitutionally, there's nothing in there saying that you have to wait and you have to listen to the death wishes of a person. And this is all none of none of the Constitution says that at all. Now, there may be some rules of etiquette, right, uh, that may say, well, you know, if you and this was where they're catching Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, if you saw he gave a thing. He goes, you can use my own words against me, right? If if someone's a first term president, um, they should, and they're in during the election time, right? They should wait until after the new president selected, right? So he was saying that at a time when it was convenient, I think for the Republicans, right? And the Democrats were convenient. So uh, my view is from a pure constitutional standpoint, it has nothing to do with any of those political games. So my view is, you know, whoever the president is, they should exercise their constitutional right and move forward with it. Um, the problem is uh, people like Lindsey Graham, who, who is a rhino, who's deep state in my view, okay, um, basically said stuff that now he's gonna have to eat his own words. So he's gonna lose all credibility. And by the way, Lindsey Graham may lose his Senate seat down in South Carolina, it's a very, very close Senate race. I don't know if you've been watching it. He's running against, uh, I think, an African-American uh, Democrat. So, uh, but, you know, guys like Lindsey Graham are basically your typical swamp creatures. And they really have no ethics. They just watch which way the wind blows. So my view is, you know, wherever you are, you're the president. You can do whatever you want. I mean, it's your right to nominate, period. All right. Let's go to the next question. Um, go ahead, Crystal, do you have a question? Hold on, let me unmute you. Go ahead, Crystal. Um, I'm looking through some of these. I think um, one that I saw a couple people comment on in, in previous lives is they're concerned about long-term effects of masks um, and like children. Um, or even healthy adults, like things that could go wrong. Can you hear me? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's your question? Well, I think their question is- You want me to just comment on- Yeah, like, do you know of any long-term effects that could possibly happen? Like somebody saying like, you know, there's like bacterial lung infections. Um, yeah. What, some of the side effects. Yeah, it's a good question. So I did a series of, of videos. I did a couple of them right when, um, who is making that? 
Where's that noise coming from? Who's the culprit? Is someone playing on the keyboard? Just curiously, anyone? Venu? You just stopped all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm gonna, hmm. All right, it just keeps coming in and out. Is someone else in on this call? I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, so so the mask issue, I did a crystal, uh, you can go look at it, but I did it on my feed. Uh, and what I discussed was that, uh, you know, you go to the science, right? This science that's been done, there's been a bunch of systematic review papers. So what, so there's, if you want to think about, there's three types of masks in this situation. There's the cloth masks, there are the medical masks, and then there's the N95 mask, okay? And then obviously I'm sure you could put like, you know, all sorts of other stuff, but those are the three masks. Starting with the latter, the N95 mask is when all the stuff took place, they were saying, okay, the N95 mask we've reserved only for healthcare workers. And those are uh, supposed to, if you actually go read the literature, you're not supposed to wear them more than two hours, okay? Um, there's a lot of evidence that came out in a series of papers when healthcare workers wear more than two hours, and if they're prone to migraines or headaches, they are gonna get, get them. And particularly women uh, who are pregnant, okay? So the N95 masks are for healthcare workers. They fit very tightly. They do offer a lot of protection. However, they can have side effects for the individual. Now you go to the cloth masks, which are those really sort of diaper looking stuff you see people wearing, or the medical masks. Um, well, the cloth masks, uh, the particle size of the virus, the data shows that it's like a mosquito going through a chain link fence. It's gonna go right through. In fact, the research said nearly 90 to 97% of the particles go through. And it said, uh, and then when it looked at the medical mask, it said around, that's only maybe 45% effective, okay? The medical mask. Regardless, uh, a series of papers found out that you have a 13 times more chance of developing influenza type symptoms when you wear these masks. The other more interesting thing that I haven't had a chance to share with everyone is there's a whole nother piece of wearing these masks. From an evolutionary standpoint, this part of your face is where you have the most highest density, what are called thermal receptors, which means you're, you know, we are a, uh, a sensual human being. You know, we have eyesight, we can see, we can hear, right? We can smell. Um, we can taste, but we also have the ability to touch with our hands, but we also have the ability to sense heat. And the ability, is, which is thermoreceptors, the highest density of thermoreceptors are on this part of your face. If you look at most animals, uh, if you go to invertebrates like a snake, right? Or uh, snakes, they actually um, have a lot of their thermal receptors in the front of their head because they use um, a heat sensation to determine where their prey is. Well, we have a lot of our heat sensors here. And there's some very interesting data that shows, you know, your ability to sense temperature is what affects your body's cooling or heating, right? So if you're wearing masks all day, you're essentially creating this area of your face as a different ecosystem. And the implications of what that does signaling to your brain, which may affect all different types of other systems, and that hasn't been fully explored. But I think just the notion is if you use just your common sense of putting this thing on, you know, seven hours, eight hours, I have a lot of uh, friends of mine are healthcare workers, that's what they have to do. 
Um, several of them have had to file for FMLA leave so they can, um, you know, because they're getting headaches. But we do know, uh, I think there was a report that just came out, a number of kids got bacterial infection from wearing the masks. If you look at <coughs> the entire COVID crisis, the percentage of children who were affected is like 0. 0.0000, you know, it's like nearly um, nobody. So I think forcing kids to wear these masks, I think it's psychologically detrimental. Yeah. When a kid goes first day kindergarten, he's seeing through, well, he sees other kids. You know, it, it must be like he's going to a horror movie. The, the, the teacher is in a mask. All the other kids are in masks. It must be an awful experience just psychologically. And then the fact that, you know, kids are eating, you know, the hygiene issue. And then the fact the research showed that it's the 13 times increase of getting flu-like symptoms. The whole thing is nonsense. Did that answer your question, Crystal? Yeah, me. Okay, who do we have? What's the next question? Beno? So people were bringing up the issue of you and Black Lives Matter. They saw a sign behind you when you were talking. They saw it on TV. Can you speak to that, Sure, please? let's in fact bring up that sign. Let me bring it up. Um, it's a great sign uh, that we, hold on, uh, let's see. Uh, I think it was a free speech. I'm gonna bring it up so we can go real clear politics. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me see if this comes up. Yeah, here we go. So this is, a, let me bring it up here. I'm gonna share it with everyone. I'm gonna share my screen here. Can you guys see this? Yes? Can you guys see this screen share? Yes? Yes, okay. yes. So let's talk about this. Um, so uh, there's a lot of wonderful uh, textures from uh, the, uh, to the, the answer that I'm gonna share with you has a lot of, and the question has a lot of textures. Let's, let's share with this. So in 2017, what occurred was, I was asked, and I'll, uh, let me, let me, we'll, we'll go to that. I was asked by a bunch of young students to be a speaker. In fact, the keynote speaker was known as a Boston Free Speech Rally. That was in March of 2017, man. Okay. And these students were getting very concerned that in colleges and high schools, the educational system was suppressing different lines of thought. Okay. Which means only um, certain, uh, uh, ideas were allowed. So these students, which I thought was great, wanted to have a free speech rally and they wanted to do it at the Boston Common, okay? Which was known as a center of speech, right? It was a commons. So I was asked to be a speaker in March and I said, wow, this is great. I love students who are doing activism and I agreed to do that. So it was March, 2017. The rally was planned for August 19th, 2017. A week before August, 19, 2017, if people remember, Charlottesville took place. I think that was around August 12th or 13th, if you remember. And at that time, uh, the mayor of Boston was running against a black guy, 
for office and the governor was running against a Hispanic opposition, right? Black and Hispanic were the opposition. So the mayor of Boston, the governor of Boston used the opportunity to say that our free speech rally was a Nazi racist event and that I was a white supremacist. Why? Why do they do that? Because the students had invited people of all political spectrums. They'd invited right-wing people, left-wing people, Green Party people, people are into marijuana, people are against marijuana, anyone you could imagine, okay? They wanted to have a full spectrum, blacks, there were Chinese people, etc. So one of the speakers uh, was a right-wing guy, you know, who was like a big Trump supporter. And, but they also invited people from Bernie's team. And in fact, that guy decided not to come. But anyway, the day of the free speech rally, we still decided to go in spite of all the nonsense they knew. And in fact, so much hype was built up against our rally that I was a white supremacist, the KKK were coming. 40,000 people came to, to attack 40 of us, what will turn out to be 40 of us, okay? So when I showed up to the free speech rally, it was 40,000 people. A lot of activists were saying, we're told the, 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 the Nazis are coming into town. So I show up and here, if you look at my history, I come from an untouchable background. I experienced racism on steroids in India. I grew up in working class towns in New Jersey and I've experienced work racism of all manners. So when I show up, I'm being said that I'm a KKK member, unbelievable, that I'm a white supremacist, unbelievable. And so I show up and I said, what the hell is going on? So it was 40 of us facing 40,000 people. Now, so if you look at this, let me go to this now, go back to the scene here. And what do you see me holding up here? Let me, uh, you see behind me, is a lot of, in fact, let's go to the video. I think we may be able to play the video here. Let me see if I can play that here. Uh, you will see that in this video that I can play it here, that I'm giving, I was the main, the keynote speaker. I don't know if I could play it. Oh, I think, we. but what you see is there is, um, it says one of the speakers at the, at the, at the Saturday's, uh, oh, here it is. It's the video starting. Here you go. Let me play it here. Can you guys hear us? So this is a 40 of us. They tried to stop us today, didn't they? And it's a 40 of us. But Oops, you me, uh... down. And I'll always stand up for all of you. Right. So this is us. So you notice we have a sign which uh, people are holding up. It says Black Lives Do Matter. And the person behind me is a food service worker who was one of the uh, food service workers that showed up that remembered when I fought for the food service workers, right? There's another thing that says no to GMOs. Oh, let me see right here. There's another sign here which says no to GMOs. Um, and there's a sign that says free speech, etc. So let me, let, me, let me just stop it here. So I'll come back to this. So we, the, you know, I was running for U.S. Senate. So our position was not BLM, but Black Lives Do Matter. We took a position saying, you know, not the all lives matter because the typical uh, people uh, who have suffered racism, they saw that as a racist thing. Our view is, hey, Black Lives Do Matter. Now let's move on beyond that. So if you notice, we put do matter. And we did that in a very conscious way to basically take a position beyond left or right. Because you have the right 
who wants to say all lives matter and the black the black lives matter people want to say black lives matter right and most of that is supported by the democratic party and the people say all lives matter in many of the ways they want to create this uh black white narrative so our, our position was black lives do matter so that's where we were coming from and in fact when that position is taken it acknowledges there is racism but let's move beyond that and that's where that came from Vainu. this was uh and you have very awful scumbags in boston like kakuner and howie carr who take advantage of the white working class in massachusetts what you have is the democratic party as people you know uses the equivalents of people like al sharpton you know blm to hype up black people or bernie sanders as a care for them to corral them forty thousand of them to a rally and on the other side on the right wing side quote unquote you have people like carr and cooner and the old you know the, the 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 fake tea party who basically tries to say yes you know all lives matter you know and we must fund the police and they actually don't care about the police and the other side doesn't really care about black people and when i ran these people used that and, and we put that in our head i have nothing to hide but they leveraged that because they had a doofus running and this is what keeps happening in this country they take advantage of even people who are trump supporters and they take advantage of the white working class and this is a dialectic that gets created if you support black lives matter you must be for the democrats if you support the police you must be for the republicans and the people promoting this don't give a damn about the black working class or the white working class. They create this artificial rift. And we're seeing that happen right now. One side is fund the police and the other side is BLM. Well, neither side cares about the police or blacks. This is this black, white split, left and right split. So everyone listening out there, we have to raise the your, your political consciousness, this is a very adolescent way, so nothing ever gets done. And by the way, the, the reality is police and people have always been united. My role, my position is police and people unite. Black lives do matter. Yes, they do matter. But now let's move on. Let's talk about it. But BLM represents a political organization with an agenda to manipulate black people. It's not the same as me saying black lives do matter. And I'll always defend, yes, black lives do matter. Does that answer the question, Manu? Yeah, it answers yeah. it well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I think um, to people listening, we need to, as I keep saying, we need to raise a political consciousness to realize that we have racists on both sides. A Howie Carr's a racist scumbag. Charlie Baker is a racist scumbag. Marty Walsh is a racist scumbag. Now, why do I say that? Racism, and you're looking at someone who's experienced it, is using race to divide people. That's racism. People have called me all sorts of names, the N-word, and all sorts of names, Smokey, blah, blah, blah. I can give you names growing up. That's not racism. That's ignorance. Howie Carr's a racist. Charlie Baker's a racist. Barack Obama's a racist. Elizabeth Warren is a racist. They use race to divide people. That's racism. And whether you're white or black, we need to call these people out. They're the racists. There is a real racism. When Marty Walsh said that I was a KKK member and he brought 40,000 people out of Bainu, that's racism. We need to get smart. People need to stop being moved by left and right narratives. And uh, otherwise, you know, you don't really move the dialogue forward. 
you're basically a sheep on one side or the other. Pam, let me add you. Pam, do you have a question? Pam, you have to unmute yourself. Pam? Pamela, go ahead. Pamela, you have to unmute yourself. I am. Oh, go ahead. And forth. Sorry. Uh, I have many, I have a question that many people ask me why uh, you do not join forces with Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, his vaccine movement. Well, he's the enemy of the of the medical freedom movement. Okay, um, and so uh, we will expose Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and those who have been essentially choking the medical freedom movement for probably 15, 20 years. And so, um, the, so again, we need to raise our level of political consciousness, and we need to go back to understanding the fundamental physics of change. And those physics, as I've said over and over again, Pam, there are always three forces involved in political change all of it and you can and you can really there's a science here there's a political science here and this political science by the way is not taught to political science students who get their bachelor's or their phd um, this political science is learned from the streets and what you learn is there is the establishment those people want to keep things as they are and they have and um that establishment is the one that's the very outward establishment right Pharma, in the case of the medical freedom movement, is the obvious establishment, right? We want to make a lot of money. We want to vaccinate you. The Gateses, the Hillary Clintons, the Mark Zuckerbergs. That's easy for anyone to say, oh, yeah, those people want to screw me, okay? Over here is the opposition to the establishment, which is mothers, people who wake up and they say, well, my child got injured. I want to do something about it. I don't, you know, I, a natural instinct is anger and to rise up against that. So those are the agents of change over here. Got it? So those are the typically the two forces. How are the over the years, the establishment has gotten very, very clever. They know that if they simply hit that, the rising group of people want to fight with just shooting them down, right? Like taking guns and attacking them or saying just destroying them, there's going to be a revolutionary movement, okay? Which could be even more deleterious. So what do they do? They create something very, very unique called the not-so-obvious establishment. I call it the NSOE, the not-so-obvious establishment. And the purpose of the not-so-obvious establishment, and it's very clever, is to speak. And you, and you can. This is how you can, they speak the rhetoric of change. They'll even use words like revolution, like stupid Bernie Sanders, right? They'll even use words like, uh, I mean, you can, you know, the... In, in the time of Christ, you had the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They spoke the same words, but at the end of the day, they were the ones who sold out Christ to the Romans. And that, whether you, that story you, you want to go and research is historically true, but that format has been true for centuries. So in the Indian people's movement, for example, you had the British, who were the obvious establishment, and they were suppressing brutally the Indian people for centuries. Uh, rising up to that by the 20s was a revolutionary movement which said, we want to militantly, with armed revolution, kick out the British like the Americans did, okay? Well, who did they parachute in? Gandhi. 
perfect, not so obvious establishment. He spoke the words of change and independence and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he told these people, don't fight for your rights. It's wrong to get angry. In fact, get the shit kicked out of you. That's a honorable thing to do. You know, put all sorts of flowery words. And what did he do? He sold out the movement to the not so obvious establishment of the rising Indian elite. And India had corruption. And that's why it's, it's in the state that it was for 70 years. Well, the medical freedom movement. And by the way, you can look at this phenomenon. Uh, once you get this, you can look at it in any movement. So you look at the medical freedom movement. I've been involved at, you know, in the health field for nearly 40 years of my life. So when I looked at this movement, I got into it, I said, wait a minute, first of all, there's no science here. When I saw Andy Wakefield, I was at, I said, Andy, you know what the problem with you is? You're not talking any science. You're just making movies, I told him, okay? Where is the science? And the science that I brought to the field was one size does not fit all. You need to go to precision personalized medicine. This was new, okay? And I was a new kid on the block, you know? And these guys have been involved in this movement for 15 years. So they were, there's a lot of jealousy. They didn't want me involved. They're making money running nonprofits, Children's Health Defense Fund. All the, and I saw all these little, little click groups. And then I said, look, as a political activist, what has always delivered change is a bottoms up movement, a vigorous, dynamic movement that's uncontrollable, that reflects a rage of people. That's what it should be. What was this freaking guy Kennedy, Robbie Kennedy doing? for 15 years. I'm negotiating with the Democrats. I'm going to sue somebody. And he was suing people and then striking deals on the back end. Because who is he? He's not an untouchable from who came from nothing. He's not a working class kid. He's from a family of people who got away with rape and murder and, and make money off every little piece of alcohol that comes into this country. He's, he's a, a nephew of a guy Ted Kennedy, who's the one who implemented the National Vaccine Injury Program, which protected pharma. He's a nephew of John F. Kennedy in 1962, created the, nas uh, created the National, you know, the Vaccination Act, right? 1960 so I'm here and I'm saying, look, we need to eliminate the 1962 Vaccination Act because it was based on fake science. He had never even talked about that. His thing was, I'm Robert Kennedy, okay? I'm the one who can freaking fight for your rights. No one else can fight for your rights but me. And that's what the Kennedys have built. They're basically poverty pimps, okay? They take advantage of people, whatever the cause is, 5G is one issue, GMOs one day, water keepers, whatever the freaking issue flavor of the day is. He's like your grifter. And the bottom line is the medical freedom movement, wherever he went, was losing. Let's look at the results. New York, they lost, right? California, they lost. He's a loser. Well, when I looked at this movement, I said, we need to, and everyone in New Jersey knows because of me is why we scared the shit out of these guys. I said, we need to have a massive movement, scare the hell out of them. And, and, and that's what the movement that we led. We were uncompromising. And we were at the same time exposing Kennedy. And, and him and Del Bigtree were saying, she was gonna scare away the legislators. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This guy's full of shit. He hangs out in Malibu, skis in Aspen, does a little stuff here and there, you know, so he builds his brand equity. So Robert Kennedy, look at the results. And furthermore, I was the first guy to bring out the fact this guy endorsed Hillary Clinton three times. Who is Hillary Clinton? She's the one who promoted 
vaccines. Vaccines, she's the one who supported Monsanto. She's the Clinton Global Initiative, got $100 million from Gavi, which is Bill Gates' foundation. So anyone who's foolish enough to believe this fool, Robert Kennedy, get your head out of your ass. I, I have to be that, and I have to be that brutal with you because the history of the march of everyday people to fight against the establishment, that march has always been screwed over by the not so obvious establishment for generations. So people say, well, he's a Kennedy. Oh, he's, he, why don't you join forces with him? No, he's the other side of the devil. And this political science, people need to understand, or another 20 years will go. And his latest thing is, I'm for safe vaccines. What, what are you talking about? Whenever you hear the word safety from a lawyer, whether it be safety in bank safety, which is what Elizabeth Warren did, safety for trucking industry, any industry, it means they're going to create more regulations, which is going to create monopolies. Because the only people who can fulfill those safety requirements are the big guys. Okay? And what we have seen in the last two weeks is with the COVID vaccine coming out, they're saying, to allay your fears, we're going to build safe vaccines. Which means if I actually have something else, a small supplier, I will never be able to fulfill this new safety regulations that they come up. And the, safe, the regulations that they come up are always goals to keep small guys out. Robert Kennedy is part of the establishment. And if you want, I'll play his video, Pam, which you've seen, where he says, I am, I am pro-vaccine. I am emphatically pro-vaccine. I vaccinated all my kids. I want to see full vaccination of all Americans. Quote, end quote. Okay? The only reason people follow Kennedy's is because he appeals to their... A friend of mine, a woman, she said, he appeals to the wealthy white women. And in fact, before we came along into this movement, it was all wealthy white women. And when I got involved in this movement, when you look at it, the state house, the movement we led against forced vaccinations, it's working class people, black and white. They weren't drawing that because Robert Kennedy gets his money from wealthy white women. This is a class issue in some sense. Robert Kennedy and the entire Kennedy clan end to end have profited from people suffering. And what he's doing, and by the way, he doesn't go anywhere unless you pay him. You gotta be paid. So I hope that answers the question, but the biggest political thing people need to take away, and, and from a systems perspective, the issue is to understand there are political forces. And if people do not understand that there's the establishment as two wings, the the obvious wing and, and, and the not so obvious wing. Bernie Sanders, total scumbag. When he ran, a bunch of my friends are like, you should vote for Bernie. I said, look, he's going to do exactly what that other poverty pimp Jesse Jackson did in 1984. They are created by the establishment to corral people away. They are engineered. But the problem is people are either naive or they want to be abused. So if people want to be abused, follow Robert Kennedy to help. That's where he's going to take you. That's why Robert Kennedy went to Berlin recently, copying JFK. Yeah, he's, he, these people are just PR nut jobs, you know? They're PR guys. Everything is engineered. I mean, he came with three SUVs, didn't even bring a sound system in New Jersey, okay? 
These people are so fake, it's unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. And they manipulate people. They take advantage of people. They have a big PR machine behind them. So, and by the way, you won't hear this um, uh, from the liberal elite. And in fact, all those women who got so upset that I exposed their lover, Robert Kennedy, you know, many of those women were women who actually didn't follow. What well, one of the things I've noticed also that's interesting, Pam is this the people come to our movement are mothers who actually stood their ground and didn't get their kids vaccinated because they had an intuition many of the mothers who follow robert kennedy are the ex-vaxxers they unfortunately didn't listen to their gut they hurt their kids and then they became ex-vaxxers okay it's a very interesting phenomenon i may not be right in all cases but i've seen this uh repeatedly i hope that answers the question Next question. We can do another one. Pam, let me bring you back. Did that answer the question, Pam? Pam's going in and out. Pam, did that answer the question? So, Karina, let's go back to you. Okay. Yeah, you just touched on a very sensitive topic for me. You know, that's that's the reason why I got involved with the campaign because I went to your vaccine risk assessment conference in October and you just kind of hooked me on this whole, you know, objective science vantage point, which is really amazing. And I thought, there you go, we have a solution, right? And then I saw all this nonsense and circus going on in the medical freedom movement. And I just thought, my God, these people are like literally being worn out physically, emotionally, financially, right? Running around like after those legislators for nothing. And I thought I have to help you do your campaign because I thought you were the answer. But anyways, I, I don't wanna spend too much time because I can talk for like three hours about this issue. But um, this is, I think the, the next topic, I think, um, or the next most popular thing that I see people talk about is splitting votes. And I find it to be fascinating because people are in this Republican Democrat matrix, right? They think that it's you either vote for this party or you vote for that party. And I understand that, you know, it's usually how it works out, but it's amazing to me that, for example, somebody says, I love environment. I'm going to vote for Marky because I care about the environment. If they care about the environment, they should be voting for you. You're the only person who actually makes sense talking about the actual real science, right? And actually protecting the environment from pollution, right? Whether it's our health that's right, we're talking about on the micro level or whether we're talking about macro. So I just want you to maybe like touch on the fact that, first of all, people like me, for example, I would never vote for either of your opponents. I would rather just sit home and, you know, enjoy my tea. I'm not going to vote for anyone, right? So thank God I have you to actually vote for. So I think that people really need to step out of that matrix where they, like, they, they're literally being funneled, you know, corridor A, A or corridor B or whatever, R and D. And it's really ridiculous. People need to, like, stop being lazy. I'm sorry to, you know, to be a little rude maybe, but really do your homework for God's sakes, right? If you care about the environment, Watch Shiva's videos about the environment. Email him directly, right? Ask your questions. Don't just go by default, stereotypical word on the street that Marky is the environment guy and the other one, I don't know what the hell he's, you know, all about. Like, research. He's like, the best qualified candidate in this race is you. And it's, you know, that's the reason why I'm volunteering for you, right? I would have maybe been interested in another campaign. Well, Karina, first of all, if you look at the thousands of volunteers volunteer of the campaign, and you look at their profiles, A, they're not political hacks. 
B, mm-hmm. they all work. C, they're very, very uh, interested in the truth. They have mm-hmm. not taken sides. And this is a common feature. D, they're highly dedicated. E, they they put they came to standouts. They pass out cards because they are activated. And the other thing is 60% of our people come to our campaign, even higher, 70% said, I never held a sign for anyone. I never put a bumper sticker. I never voted, okay? So the notion of splitting votes, this is a dog whistle done by both wings of the establishment because they do not want, and everyone should listen to this carefully, they do not want participation from the dark matter of voters. What do I mean by that? It means that they only want the same people voting. In the primaries, they want the same people. They don't want people to vote. They don't want people to vote. They only want the people who are in the little clubs who are brainwashed to be R or D. They don't want bottoms up. They don't want you to choose the person. They want you to choose the party so they can always get that split because both parties work together. So let me talk, follow the money. This is follow the money and the numbers. In Massachusetts, 4.7 4.7 people, let's uh, round it to five, okay? 5.5 million people are registered voters, okay? Out of the 6.7 million population, including kids. Five million people are registered voters. In a presidential year like now, about three, let's put three million people vote. That means, what is that number? 60% of the people are voting of the registered voters, right? Which means 40% of people are staying at home who are registered to vote. They're not voting. So that means 2 million people are not voting even though they registered, 3 million people show up, okay? That's not, that's, that's like a C, okay? 60%, I think it's a, it's a D, right? What is it? I think it's a D, okay? It's a D or an F, F okay, an F plus. So that's, that's a rating that you have people voting. Now, our campaign is bringing out what I call that dark matter of the 2 million people. When we did our polls, those are people who said, wow, Shiva's talking about issues that no one else has ever talked about. He's talking about a real solution to this medical freedom issue. One size doesn't fit all. It's not pro or anti-vax. Wow, Shiva's actually has a real solution for big tech, which is a postal service should be involved. You know, the other people are saying regulate this and, you know, don't regulate them, right? Shiva has a real solution for healthcare, which is really removing middlemen who have been involved which Elizabeth Warren never spoke about, the GPOs or the PPMs. You know, I learned this from Vainu and his brother. We brought that out. So we're bringing actual solutions beyond left and right. And that has energized the dark matter. And I don't mean people, you know, dark color to come out, people like you and many others. They don't want that dark matter to come out because that is the actual people who are sitting there because they don't want to vote. So what do they do? Both parties will say, oh, Shiva is going to split the vote. Split the vote of who? No one's going to vote for this stupid freaking moron who's a doofus, who barely can speak, who is a, from my understanding, is a horrible lawyer, okay? Both of these fools are stupid lawyers. So they always find doofus one and doofus two. Now, this is where the money gets involved. And and listen to this carefully. They don't want to spend money on senatorial races. Why? So you have the Democratic National Committee here. You have the Republican National Committee here. The way they work is... They have money and they're very greedy to keep all the money at the national level. They say, that's a blue state, that's a red state. That's a blue state, that's a red state. Why do they want that? Because they don't want to put money. Okay, that's a solid blue state, Massachusetts. 
So they call up Markey or Warren. That's a blue state. Baker, the Republican, says, you know what? I'm going to put a fool here because you're going to get to be a blue state. And how does that help them? The Democratic committee doesn't have to pummel $40 million for Markey or Warren. If a guy like me ran, they're going to say, holy shit, we got to go fight this guy. So that means I'm going to take $40, $50 million away from the Democratic establishment. It's, that's where the money comes in. So they, so Baker, who's the Republican, Baker, Warren, and Markey, Warren and Markey are the two senators, Democrats. Baker wants to be the governor, so they make a call. I'm going to run the freaking idiot. No one knows about him, but it doesn't matter because we also know how to cheat. We know how to manipulate the voting machines. So we don't care what Shiva does. We'll have a doofus. I'll give you a doofus. And I'll probably give him a judgeship too. Okay? That's what this guy gets for sucking up to me in the case of Baker. And in return, I'm going to make sure you don't have to spend the Democratic National Committee's money. Similarly, in the red states, the same thing happens. They put a doofus, you know, on the, on the Democrat side to run against a rhino. That's how things work. And I think the bottom line people need to understand is me and Avenu were talking. If you go to India and you say, hey, there's election fraud here. Or if you go to some, you know, some country, Zimbabwe or some, you know, you know, Uruguay, there's people say, yeah, there is election fraud. People in those foreign countries are a little more savvy. Yeah, there's election fraud. But in America, no, what do you mean election fraud? We have democracy here. We're, we're a democracy. We have freedom. No, you don't. You, you, you're living in some la-la land. The American people are some of the nicest, loving people, but they've also been made very naive and stupid, okay? They've been made dumb. This country is the most corrupt state when it comes to elections. Everyone attacks Venezuela, Venezuela this, Venezuela, you know, socialism there, Maduro. Venezuela, you have to have a voting ID and you get a receipt when you vote. So don't talk to me about Venezuela because this is Venezuela to the power of 10 Massachusetts. No voter IDs. You don't have to even, you just walk in. You don't even have to show your license to prove when I went to vote. Uh, what's your name? Shiva. Where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's your ballot. You don't need my ID? No. I don't have to prove I live there? No. And the voting machines don't treat your vote as a whole number. They fractionalize it. That means it's not one person, one vote. And that's what they did. And they use electronic voting. I won, Karina, in the where they did hand-counted votes. I won in that county, which is 70% hand-counted votes. They can manipulate, because they don't want bottoms up. So now they're afraid of me. I'm not, I'm not taking votes away from some doofus. I'm actually bringing people out. And I want to destroy both parties. That's what they're afraid of. So people need to get your head out of your ass. And you need to start thinking with your brains and realize we live in the elites in this country. Don't give a damn about you. And I can show you that in the recent RAND report that just came out showing in the last 40 years, $50 trillion has been sucked up by the American worker and distributed upwards. During 1945 to 1975, if you look at it in every income category, whether a guy was making 10,000, someone making 20,000 a year, 50,000, a million dollars, whatever. During that period, everyone's wages went up equally. So the 10,000 guy, he increased his wages by 20%. The guy who was making a million, 
That was really in some ways before the full-blown monopoly capitalism took place, which is crony capitalism. Because in a true market economy, all parties succeed. The businessman succeeds, the entrepreneur succeeds, the worker succeeds, everyone's, the whole pie grows. But starting in the 1970s, big pharma, big hospitals, big insurance colluded, and every institution collusion took place. And that was brought to you by the Democrats and Republicans. They colluded to create regulations, to create natural, to create, to create unnatural monopolies. They created socialism. So these very stupid right-wing people, they said, we're against socialism, we want freedom. You're freaking stupid, okay? You're stupid. The socialism has been conducted for the wealthy. The 10% of the 10% decile, they have redistributed wealth upwards. And you know who that was done? If you're a Trumper or a Republican, that was brought to you by, I know most of you hate Barack Obama, it was brought to you by him. You see, you see the problem here? There has been redistribution of wealth upwards brought to you by a collusion of the Democrats and Republicans. So the Republicans who say I'm splitting the vote are the ones who are now using the rhetoric, we're against socialism. Oh, so therefore the Democrats use that as a dog whistle to say as though they're the ones who are for socialism for the masses. Let's say, you know, in a positive way to make sure everyone has a fair life. But in reality, they've been for socialism for the elites. So both of these parties work hand in hand. That's what's actually going on. And my view of Trump in that context, Trump is a very smart marketer. Let's be honest. He can put, he can see which way the wind's blowing. He's known that the American working class have been shafted. He, and he used very powerfully anti-establishment rhetoric, lock her up. He didn't lock her up though, but he used that effectively. He used the fact that workers are being screwed, manufacturing. Well, I think the great thing Trump did is he's brought the American worker back into the center. Well, let's have a real discussion about the American worker. Let's have a real freaking discussion. And we'll realize both parties have screwed them. Both of them. That's what's happened in the last 50 years. The median income of a uh, of, a, of someone who's making $50,000 today should actually be $102,000. That's what it should be. If what happened is among the top 10%, they profited from capitalism. Capitalism has not helped the other 90% because it's not even monopoly. It's not even market force capitalism. It's regular. They've actually created uh, their socialism. It's, it's like the freaking Soviet economy of a few elites running the government. That's who it is. So the right and the left are totally nonsensical and they do not want rational people like me who actually want to solve problems or rational people like you guys who become our volunteers. They don't want that. That's why they did election fraud. That's why this campaign has now moved to stop election fraud. We don't have democracy in America. It's all bullshit because you don't have voter ID and they can turn on the voting machines anytime you want when a real warrior like me comes up bottoms up. So everyone get your head out of your ass. Sorry, I, you know, it's late, I can say that. But Shiva, can I just say one, yeah. one quick thing? It really, it, it really excites me. I mean, there's all this exposure that you, um, that you're offering people to, you know, the sort of the underlying issue with the voting machines and all that stuff. So I'm really looking forward to more information. But one of the things that you're doing with asking people to pledge their votes upfront, right? So which is normal how it's done. But 
the, the I think we talked about one and a half million pledges or two million pledges, however many millions of pledges we're going to get. What excites me is that that's real hard data, right? Showing the real, you know, actual movement right behind all of this. And I and I really urge everyone to tell everyone to pledge their votes right now because this is what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to really make things transparent, make, make the democratic process actually democratic, right? So we can actually have faith in it because I didn't vote for 39 years of my life, right? This is the first year that I'm voting, or 38 years, I guess, technically. Um, and I'm excited that I have someone to vote for, right? But going forward, if, if I'm gonna lose again faith in the fact that my vote actually counts, probably going to just go right back at right just stop voting and that's and, and karina you bring up a great point that's what they want you to do they want people to get demoralized they don't want people to vote let's be honest they don't want people to vote and when a real person of the people comes from bottoms up and by the way to all of you quote unquote republicans out there and i'm a registered republican by the way okay and i don't care for either party okay neither did trump by the way Trump was part of the Reform Party. He used to make fun of Republicans. Okay, it's on video. Okay, you can deny it, but he did. But the bottom line is not Republican or Democrat, because when you actually look at it in Massachusetts, the Republican GOP establishment has screwed over Republicans. They stole an election from Mark Fisher. They were shredding his ballots, documented. Jackie Robinson, a Republican, they screwed. Okay. Over and over and over and over again, the Republican mass GOP has screwed over fellow Republicans. So don't talk to me about splitting the votes when your own party has stabbed its own kind in the back. I don't want to hear this bullshit. They're the Judases of their own people because they're not their own people. They It's a uniparty state. This is China. You don't even have to go to China. I'm sorry. The Chinese Communist Party, you can point over there, but it's right here in Massachusetts. It's right here. So we got to all get real. You know, we got to get really real. So, and the people who don't want to get real, they're basically part of the problem. They're the not so obvious establishment. We got to get real. You remove all the layers and you come to the fact that both of these goons work together and they committed election fraud. They don't want one of us. They hate us. That's why the working class person in this country is being squeezed. That's why you know, you have people on plantations. That's why they're giving stimulus checks. They want people on plantations and then they'll wipe them out. And then the elites will consolidate power. And that's what's happened. In the last four months, more wealth transfers taken place ever before than human history um, in, in this country. Six trillion dollars got printed. 38 million Americans lost their freaking jobs. And you have people running around, police and BLM. Come on, this is distractions. Wake the hell up. Let's point at the real enemy. Time to wake up and time to stop being stupid. That's pretty much, maybe that's what we should, time to wake up. We have to come to harsh reality. They want you to be stupid. They want you to be, you know, stupid. They want you to be naive. They want you to believe their nonsense. Yeah, by the way, you can stay in any party you want. Our campaign, someone said, I'm staying wonderful. You can say, but you can be a part of the establishment, capital R, like a doofus, or you can be part of the capital D establishment, like another doofus. You want to be an R or a D and you have those views, great. But you know what? 
you can still write in Shiva for Senate if you truly believe in democracy and what they did. If you're against election fraud and what they did, whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent, you should take out that pen and you should write this in or you're not an American. You're part of the problem. We don't want your vote. Go vote for one of them. Go vote for doofus one and doofus two. Good luck. Be a doofus. Don't want your vote. We want Americans vote. We want people who want freedom. We want working people's vote. We, we don't want dumb people's votes because that's what they want. So be a doofus. Maybe that's another slogan. Be a doofus, vote, vote for one of them, not for us. <laughs> What's the next one? Yes, go ahead. By the way, I want to Margot made so many calls for us. By the way, everyone on this to this is by the way, this is only a, a small set of our our um, volunteers. Dr. Vane, who led a whole team from Texas of hundreds of volunteers making millions of calls. It, you know, Crystal, you know, is a digital warrior. She's out there. You know, Karina uh, helps out a whole bunch of people on the ground. Margo does calls and she's out there doing standouts. You know, uh, Jared has helped us out in so many ways. These are the kind of people that you should be voting for. This is a movement. This other fool didn't even have one lawn sign, no bumper stickers, nothing. You know why? They don't have to campaign. Mm -hmm. They don't because they flip vote. They, they can just make one phone call. And that's what we realized. Why wasn't these people out campaigning? They don't need to. It's an insider's job. Go ahead, Margo. Dr. Shiva, are you still only interested in one term and, and why? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's a it's probably and it's a great question to end on. It's 11. We could keep going. Look, I will only serve one term. In fact, the whole thing should just be one term for anyone. Why? This is why. Because once you have people going beyond one term, now it's a career. Going into this service was supposed to be a service. You were supposed to have a job where you were actually doing something where you had a skill, a blacksmith, a plumber, a, a teacher, a doctor, a real estate agent, you know, whatever you were, okay? That was a job. You, you'd you figured out, you worked hard, you built your skills, you had a job. Now, because for the enormously wonderful conditions that was given to you from others who fought for you, this freedoms and this thing, this was an opportunity to go serve. Not to make it a freaking career. Not to be there for life, not to use it as a vehicle to build your brand, to build your networks, to build your influence. That's not what it was. It was supposed to be you do a service and you get the hell out. Now, what has happened? What has happened is the day people get elected, what do they do, Margo? What happens the first the day that someone gets elected? Let's House of Representatives, a two-year term, a senator is a six-year term. What is the first thing they do, Margo, the first day they get elected? Start campaigning for the next term. Exactly. Right. So they get sworn in on January 3rd. They step into office on January 4th. Ocasio-Cortez, another very very foolish individual, right? No different than uh, Mitt Romney or whoever they are. The day they get in, they're campaigning for their next election. So if you actually go look at their schedules, if you open their di diary books, let's have, and I think all the diary books of all these people should be open sourced. We should know what the hell they're doing. Every constituent should be able to say, what did you do today? You're a freaking servant. You serve me. Show me your calendar. It's accessible. Put it up on Google Docs. I want to see what the hell you're doing. 
And what you'll find that they're doing is that 90% of their time is going, they have call centers, right? To bang out calls to get donors, to meet influential people, to finding people that they can do their next business deal with. That's what they're doing. And they may spend one hour in a day doing legislation. And that legislation that they're doing is even not done by them. It's done by some interns or some other analysts who are owned by lobbyists. This is a freaking reality. Now, why is that done? Because these most of them are jobless idiots, lawyers who basically are using this as a way to expand their network to get more legal business or for their friends. They don't have a job. They don't have skills. They can't think. What does Ed Markey know? Nothing. Does he know what radiative physics is? Can he solve the Navier? Can he solve any type of fluid mechanics problems? Does he really understand, you know, how CO two works? Nothing. He's a fool. These people are absolute fools. Compare that to George Washington, who was a surveyor, who ran a business. You know, Jefferson, who built, who built, who was an architect. These people were absolute people of skill. These people have zero skills. So. This is why term limits are important, because if the day they enter, they're trying to get reelected, Margot. So now what do they always vote on? All of these guys vote every year on the federal budget, right? So what is a federal budget? Well, you have, uh, let's say you take all the Americans who work, let's say about 100 million work, and they are producing salaries, and that's broadly called the GDP. So let's say it's $22 trillion worth of salaries that are being produced. Roughly take 20% of that broad strip to be the tax taxes that are applied. So let's say it's $4 trillion, okay? Following those numbers, 20% of 20 trillion. So $4 trillion are the US government's budget. So now I'm a Senator, I'm a Congressperson, I just got elected. Remember my goal is to get reelected, right? That's their current model, right? So what do they do? So they got a $4 trillion budget and they're all sitting around decide, hmm, how am I gonna vote? Well, there are three buckets that $3 trillion can get a portion to. Bucket one is equity, making things equal for all people, what I call AKA free stuff. Welfare, food stamps, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, 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 many of the social programs. Bucket one, equity. Bucket two, is security. Okay, we need the FDA to protect us. We need the EPA to make sure stuff doesn't go into the groundwater. We need the military. We need border walls, security, second bucket. Third bucket is infrastructure. Infrastructure means roads, bridges, water systems, healthcare systems, uh, digital infrastructure, whatever, to make sure that 20, 30 years from now, people can continue to grow, okay? So now, but you won't see the results of that for maybe 10 years, right? So you have three buckets. So I'm here a stupid Ocasio-Cortez or, or some other dumb idiot, okay? And I don't have any other job. I, I'm a puppet. I don't, I'm a, I don't have any other job, frankly. So I gotta, get, I, I, gotta, I gotta get reelected. So what bucket do you think that the fool who's, who's a Muppet is going to vote for? Bucket one, free stuff? because he wants to get reelected, bucket two, security or infrastructure. What do you think? Which bucket does that fool vote for? It's the first bucket. First bucket, free stuff. So they promise people free stuff because they want to get reelected. 
they're not going to take the hard choice and say, oh, my God, Massachusetts is an F minus minus. The bridge is, you know what? Let's put, you know, two trillion dollars into infrastructure. That may not get you reelected because that's going to take 10 years. But one dollar in infrastructure returns six dollars. One dollar in free stuff, you lose 40 cents. You, you only get, you get six, you put in one dollar, you get 60 cents back. $53 trillion since 1965 has gone into so-called helping black people, you know, in these civil rights programs. And the illiteracy rate of a black person today is worse than it was before 65. Fact. This is why we need to get rid of, this is why you need to just serve one term. And so that means when I go serve for six term, six years, Margot, guess what? You look at my schedule, it's packed. Doing what? Legislation. I'm not going to hang out in their little bars, you know, partying with them, hanging around, whatever they do, right? I'm fighting every day. So that means a constituent of mine gets a senator five times more of a senator because if I'm only working, let's say 20% for them, that means they're only getting uh, one year of me. You follow up that math, right? 20% of five, six years, 1.2 years. Versus if I don't, if I'm not campaigning, they're getting six solid years versus one year. That means they're getting, they're basically getting me for a five-term senator in one term, right? That's why one term, that's it. I don't want to hear two terms, one term. You can't do stuff in six years, get the hell out. Think about all the stuff a mother does in six years. She brings up a kid from a womb to six years. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade. You can't do that in six years. You get a PhD and you get your postdoc and you start teaching in six years. You go to medical school, right? Many countries, you go from high school and you become a full-fledged doctor in six years. You're serving people. Why do you need more than six years? Why do you need more than two years? And the reason they do it because they don't, they don't have any other job. So one term, get the hell out. You served, it should be an honor to serve. You should do it for free. You should do it because this country gave you so much. So, and again, but this comes back to not them, but us. Everyone out there who's listening to Karina's point, you need to get off your butt and you need to make sure that everyone understands that election fraud took place to one of you. This was an attack that took place to you. We were on the road to a landslide victory. They stole an election, not from me, but from you. And you should be pissed off and everyone listening because this federal, this was a federal U.S. Senate election that they stole. And everyone out there, call up your friends. And as Karina said, get them to pledge for us. It's really simple. Go to this, all your friends in Massachusetts. Tell them to go right here and let them know that they're going to vote for us because we're going to track their vote and we're going to help them. We're going to keep them up to date. And all of you out there, whether you have $1, $5, $2, we're going to go back out. And no one's done this in a write-in campaign. I'm going to raise money from all of you. As you know, I put in a lot of my own services, and I give you something. We need you guys to help us so we can get out there and do more TV, radio ads. And also, all of our volunteers don't take one penny. We don't have any paid staff. And this is important to remember. Every dollar that we get goes right to making this card. And you know what? I bust my ass because I'm, I'm a frugal son of a bitch, okay? I got these cards down for one penny, okay? Because I run this like it's 
you know, my money and it's your money. They don't do that. Elizabeth Warren raised $50 million from the Senate campaign. I raised $100,000 and we, we only paid a, a 70 cents a vote. She paid 30 bucks a vote. They're all scumbags, all of them. And I have to use these harsh words because that's what we should use to describe them. Someone got upset when, when a bunch of uh, uh, these very stupid Republicans said, I'm going to vote for cock. You know, she was splitting the vote. I said, you know what? You're a cocksucker. And what did I mean by that? K-O-C, sucker. You are. You're a sucker and you're a cocksucker. I'm sorry. I'm going to use those words because people need to wake up. Don't get upset with me for using those words. Get upset that they stole a freaking election from you and this is supposed to be a land of democracy. That's what you should be getting upset at, not the fact that I use cocksucker. Because those people who vote for that idiot, who, by the way, has a website called Cock for Senate, that's how good of a marketer he is. You are a cocksucker. I'm sorry. That's what you are. I hope that answered your question, Margo. Yes, it did. But yeah. I, because you're so valuable, I would think maybe two terms would be better. No, one term is fine. You know why? Because when you have a deadline, Margo, you know how I wrote those books? I wrote six books in six months. And you know, when I finished my thesis, you, you have to tell you, anyone who works hard for a living knows we have freaking deadlines. These guys have no deadlines. But what I will do, Margo, in those six years, I'm going to train 100,000 young people using myself as an example to enter politics. I'm going to create an army behind me. That's the legacy I'll leave. Not a legacy of, oh, I've been there, you know, all these idiots. I mean, Markey has been in there 47 years, 47 freaking years. You know, I still do my science, okay? We just launched, in the middle of all running for office, working day and night, I just created a portal with my colleagues at University of Health Network where we have mapped out every molecular pathway of osteoarthritis, and we're giving it away free to the public. That's what I do. These people are takers, they're parasites. All of us are givers. We work on this campaign. These people are parasites. And you have to, by the way, you know, you, you have to hate these people. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, I don't, by the way, I don't think Christ said love thy enemy. You know, that's my view. You know, he's got that whip in his hands and no one wants to talk about that. Okay. We shouldn't love these people. They're not nice people. You should have anger against them because they're anti-humans. They're not good people. And you should get angry. I don't believe in this philosophy. You should love these people because it's something philosophically. No, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. We can have a longer discussion about that. These people are evil people. And they, they think we're all fools. They think all of us are stupid. And they give us stupid philosophies. And they have a lot of stupid people feeding us stupid philosophies. And they think they're very smart. They engineered a guy like Gandhi to tell people, oh, yeah, get your, get that, get your head beat up. It's good to get uh, your skull broken in. And it's ridiculous philosophies. It's good to be abused. That's why getting back to this Kennedy question, the Kennedys are abusers. And people vote to be abused. Self-abuse is what's happening. It's self-abuse because they create philosophies of abuse. 
And the religious people are behind a lot of this. And when I mean the religious people, I'm not talking about the spiritual people who are true followers of Christ or true, true followers of true spirituality. The, the religious folks who take advantage of people, who do create religion as an opiate to manipulate people. The, the people who said in India, these people are lower caste. These people are smart. These people are dumb, right? We got to all wake up. We got to all wake up because life is short. We have to fight. No one else is going to fight for our rights. Catholic Church, I'm sorry. I went to Catholic school. You know, I have a personal relation with Christ, but I'm sorry. The Catholic Church, unbelievable. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. That institution, you know, manipulates so many people. The number of pedophilia allegations. I mean, I keep going on. I mean, it's just people have to wake up. You can't compromise anymore. You can't rationalize bad behavior. That's why when Pam asked that question, well, the Kennedys have done good stuff. No, they haven't. Tell me what they've done good. I don't know. They party a lot. Go, go ahead. See if they'll allow you. See how egalitarian they are. Will they allow you into their Hyannisport estate? I don't see a lot of black people there. Okay, what other questions? And by the way, all these religious, you know, consolidated leaders, you start looking at them. What else? Someone said, do you like Trump? Yeah, you know why I like Trump? He threw so many bombs at both, both wings of the establishment. He's a, he was an awesome disruptor and that was needed. And I don't care if he passes one bill. I don't care if he does anything. What he has done to disrupt them and made fake news a common term. He's done a service of like, you know, a hundred years. I don't care if he passes one bill. He's created enough disruption uh, that has created opportunities for someone like me to run and for us to have this meeting today. So he's done a huge service to humanity. What else? We'll take, uh, it's 11.16, people are still hanging out with us. <laughs> Someone said, Doc, speak about Modi. We can speak about Modi. What else, are we all tired? No. Okay. I think the choice is pretty clear. Yep. So everyone out there, here's your homework assignment. As Karina said, and maybe Karina, you want to end. By the way, I want to thank Karina. This was her idea to do this, and I think it was quite good. Karina was wondering, oh, my God, why are we doing this right away? We just do things right away, okay, because we don't have time. If you have a good idea, I'll implement it right away. Okay, that's my view. We don't waste we don't have a lot of time. Seriously, we don't. There's a timeline that's ticking away and things are being accelerated. And what I mean accelerated is the acceleration of censorship, the acceleration of the enslavement of people, the acceleration of consolidation of wealth, the consolidation of power. It's happening at, you know, if it's, you know, what is it? One dog year is seven years. Well, that's where we're at right now. It's occurring at a very fast rate. So we move quickly. We decided to write a write-in. We spent all day and night coming up with our, you know, how we do this. We, we got the word out fast. So what we need all of you to do is three things. And I'll, after that, I won't say it again on, on today's call. 
but we need everyone to take this seriously. We need everyone to tell your friends to go to shivaforsenate.com. And any one of you who are in Massachusetts or you have friends in Massachusetts, tell them to go to pledge for Shiva for Senate. Number two, any one of you out there, Dr. Venu needs people to make phone calls. Click on volunteer. So those of you, and you can be anywhere. We have a beautiful software program. You can sit in your living room, you can watch TV, whatever you wanna do. Fill out, fill out this form and he needs people to make phone calls. Say, I wanna make phone calls, right there, okay? We need people, Dr. Venu needs people to make phone calls. That's what we need. So please go to volunteer and do that. And then finally, all of you, you know, and if you, those of you who've done well, you know, we need to raise about a couple million bucks, far a tenth of what they do. Go here and donate as much money as you can, okay? <laughs> or donate whatever you can. But those of you who, because we want to destroy the establishment, the corrupt establishment. And in order to do that, we have to get our word out. We will do it bottoms up, but we're also gonna use like we did in the primary TV, radio and billboard ads. So we need some money for that. So please go do that. That's it. Anyway, uh, Karina, thanks a lot. Um, thank you for everything you do, Karina. Same with you, Dr. Bainu. Dr. Bainu, full-time gastroenterologist. He built our entire phone system, okay? Margo came out of nowhere. She's been at standouts, Every you know, everything. Margo has helped make phone calls. She's online and people like, Crystal are like, you know, Crystal does everything. She makes phone calls and she does it all on her phone, as I understand. She makes phone calls, she does everything. And then Jared is out there, you know, as he's traveling around helping us, you know, he runs his own business. And so that's the kind of people we have. These are one of us. These are us, guys. So we got to fight and we have to destroy them. We have to have a righteous anger against them. They do not give a damn about you. They don't. They don't give a damn about you. You want to be friends with? Be friends with people like us. Build solidarity with us. Don't give them an inch. Don't give them an inch. Not one inch. Thank you, everyone. You guys can stay on. Don't, don't log out. Let me just end the broadcast on here. Thank you, everyone, on Instagram world. Be well. And tell Mark Zuckerberg to go whatever. The way he's, uh, you know, choking us here. And Twitter too. Did you notice every day it, your Twitter exposure or whatever visibility goes down yeah, by exactly. hundred people? Yeah. I've been watching, screenshotting yeah. it every day. Yeah. It's by. And I also have to every single day. I have to. What's that? I'm. Just... Sorry, I was just saying that every single day I yeah. go out to your pinned post on Twitter, and every single day the little heart that I clicked on the day before. It's yeah. done. So I have to Twitter, click on it again. It's like the groundhog. Twitter, Everything. Facebook, Wikipedia, you know, run by these liberal little elite, whatever, you know, are the biggest racists on the planet. No one should fund Wikipedia a penny. If you're out there, do not fund them one penny. Okay? Jimmy Wales, he doesn't need money. He's got all his money stashed away somewhere. Twitter, Jack Dorsey, you're, you're liberal, you know, whatever, right? He wanted to be a model, okay? Now he gets to be a Twitter guy, okay? And all this, all the people at Google, et cetera, they found an Indian lackey to run their organization, just like Microsoft has a lackey, okay? It's neo-colonialism. That's what they do. They find a dark guy to run their organizations, which are managing a bunch of Indians elsewhere. This is no different than how the British colonialism worked, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what they do. So, uh, and they have to deny the, the fact that, you know, the, the raw facts that, 
I invented email before I came to MIT. So people will be trying to like my post and you can't even like it. Crystal has it documented. So they're the real racists. So thank you everyone. Hold, hold on, you guys stay on, let me just end this. People of Massachusetts, stop all this fraud, write him in. It's that simple. Exactly.